What's up, Internet? It's Matt. Thanks for checking out the very first episode of the Wrestling Roundtable. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to Zeppelin Comics for letting us record there. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, check them out. They're located in Benicia, but you can also find them on their website, zeppelincomics.com, for more news and events. That's zeppelin, Z-E-P-P-E-L-I-N, comics.com. And with that, let's start the show. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? What's up, guys? Welcome to the, I guess, not really inaugural episode of Wrestling Roundtable. This is kind of our third, but it's the first one we're going to post. To the network. This is... All previous episodes have become obsolete. So, uh, we thought, what the heck? Might as well talk about SummerSlam. So, if you're already a fan of the show, um, you probably are looking forward to listening to uh, Juan and JP. Unfortunately, they couldn't come out this day um, for recording. Um, But they will be um, here for the next um, pay-per-view, I think. But I am joined today by Mr. Mike. Are we doing last names? Uh, nah. I mean, it's your it's your Twitter handle though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Mike Alberto. So, uh, Mike, uh, how'd you like SummerSlam? Delete, uh, <laughs> delete. Yeah, delete, delete, delete it because uh, it was terrible. I mean, I'm not I'm not disagreeing that it was terrible, but I maybe I might have liked it a little more than you did. But Probably. that's just me. Um, it was a weird kind of finish to it. That's what everyone's mostly kind of gripes about. Uh, I didn't like it as a fan, as a new fan. You call me a dirty casual, but what are you going to do? It wasn't entertaining. Um, right off the bat, though, do you think that the way that the card was ordered, if they shuffled it around a little bit more, it would have been a better show, or bad matches just going to be bad matches? The latter, because... Uh... I mean, the way that they shuffled it together was they were trying to put as much energy into the three main events. Um, They've learned over the years that if you follow up a great match with another match that's supposed to be important, it's not going to translate because the crowd will be exhausted. So that's why they broke up the main events the way that they did, filling it in with, like, bathroom break matches. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But... It wasn't the structuring of the pay-per-view. It was the uh, booking decisions of the wins in the pay-per-view. Right, right. So um, we're not going to go by match by match. I think that would take too long. Um, what we did was kind of pick like some of the more memorable kind of moments for better or for worse. And we're going to talk about them. So um, the first one I want to discuss is this best of seven series with uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. Sheamus taking the first match. Um, without a doubt, I don't think going into this thing, people had a doubt that they were going to have like bad matches. Um, I think it started off well. It was fun, good pacing. Um, unfortunately, it was on the pre-show. I thought it could have been on the main show, but what are you going to do? Um, I guess what, I'm, what I liked about it was it was a good way to start because with Sheamus going over first, because you don't do a best of sevens match and not have seven matches. You know, they're not going to have... A complete routing by Sheamus of four or Cesaro, but 
Um, what I am concerned is how they're going to mix it up because I feel like Cesaro uses his whole moveset in one match, no matter what match he's doing. So uh, it's going to be up to the creativity of Cesaro and Sheamus to kind of make things feel differently. Maybe they'll have one that's kind of focused on like uh, like holds or like a, like a submission kind of match. Maybe there'll be different stipulations to the best of seven. So, um, Mike, did you want to chime in on what you're looking forward to or if you are? Um, not really looking forward to anything uh, with this best of seven series because it's not going to be uh, the Booker T and... Um, Benoit. Who? Is it Benoit? Uh, who's that? <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> Delete! The Booker T singles uh, best of seven series. Where he faced himself. For the, yeah, for the U.S. title. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Benoit is like one of my all-time favorites, but... Yeah. Yeah, we can't find that on the network, I'm yeah. sure. So, um, oh, sorry. But uh, I'm not really looking forward to it because it's like you said, you know, Cesaro, you've seen one Cesaro match, you've seen them all. Um, and I really think that they've got to find ways to uh, reinvigorate the crowd with their uh, movesets, making more. Uh, entertaining moves. Because, you can't just do a swing every match, you mm -hmm. know. Or like a jumping uh, European uppercut. Yeah. Broke kick for some yeah, reason. Broke kick. Because these are two big guys, so they can't really, you know, their spot style, spot heavy style has to change to a more of like a classical storytelling style that the OGs use. Yeah, well, I like both wrestlers individually, so I'd be interested to see what they cook up. Um, the next thing we want to talk about is the uh, women's tag match. So we're jumping forward in the card. Um, this was in between, or this is before the uh, Universal title and right after the uh, WWE World Heavyweight Championship match. Um, because we found out going in that Eva Marie was suspended. So I was wondering if they're going to mention it. But they just said that she was feeling really bad that everyone was... Uh, making fun of her and don't like her so she's off in the bahamas on a vacation so i thought it was kind of interesting that you know they made it public that they suspended her but her character is not suspended so kind of a blurring of the line there um but instead we got nikki bella so that's kind of cool she's back um i not a big bella twins fan because i came into this late so um i don't really know who they are but uh she was very athletic in there she was picking up people and she did a different version of her finisher, Mike. Is that what you mentioned? We were mm -hmm. watching it. Yeah, she did like a almost like an AA kind of yeah attitude adjustment cutter that John Cena actually used earlier in the night. She used that, but I I can understand. I mean, she did break her neck from the rack attack, so so in, so explain. So instead of her tossing the opponent over into a cutter position, they just have them just drop on her shoulders, or well, they, she picks her up. In a torture rack position, okay, which is mostly them laying on their side on top, and then she drops to her knees. So, oh. you know, that's like over a hundred pounds that you're awkwardly carrying on the top of your shoulders, right? And then you dropping straight to your knees. After a while, you know, if she did that, like, that's her finishing move. So she's gonna do it every match. Yeah, I don't think so. I was I was jokingly saying while we were watching, like, oh man, what if she just pulls out a muscle buster? So they're pretty funny, but yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, overall, yeah, it was an okay match. Um, to be honest, I didn't see a lot of Becky Lynch in the match. I was kind of disappointed. Um, but yeah, heels go over. And then the next night, Nikki Bella, I mean, I'm sure you guys watch SmackDown Raw by now, but Nikki Bella turns face and then 
for some reason, uh, Carmella turns heel, I guess. I, I don't know. It, it could have been good. I'm just used to seeing Carmella's face. Maybe that's why so they want to yeah, change too. her up. But, uh, should've yeah. She should have brought her to Raw. She should, yeah. They should have brought her to Raw and... Bailey to SmackDown. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Because, um... No Mercy is coming to Sacramento, so it would have been nice to see her in a pay-per-view format. But anyway, um, so that was the the three-on-three three women's match. It was all right. But, um, Mike, you wanted to talk at length for, um, with the Finn Balor and the Seth Rollins match. So um, what did you initially like about it, I guess? Well, I mean, you know, I'm a big Finn Balor fan and Seth Rollins fan, so I'm a fan of their work. They put on a great match. Let's just get that out of the way. It was a great match. Mm -hmm. It was super entertaining to watch. Um, there was a lot of uh, there's a lot at stake for the winner and the loser, and uh, the way it was built up, you know, kind of difficult to build up uh, having a new champion crown from just creating this new championship. But mm -hmm. it was pretty good. Like Seth Rollins playing the heel, being given the opportunity, and Finn Balor earning the opportunity. It was great. The thing I had the most issues with was uh, the very spot-heavy style that these two guys uh, swear by. Because, yeah, it's entertaining to watch, but after a while, it just, for really old-school fans, it kind of kills the uh, storytelling aspect of wrestling, and you're just watching the entertainment side, which, I mean, not to take anything away from them, it's phenomenal athleticism, but... I sometimes you want to watch a story unfold in the ring. Sometimes you want like a kind of a slow yeah. build kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I felt like they were kind of walking to their next kind of trick, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, it was just trick to trick to trick, and I was I was <laughs> kind of annoyed that like within five seconds of the match, <laughs> yeah, right. there was a high risk spot right there. They didn't even lock up. Yeah, no lock up. Seth Rollins just goes to the outside of the ring, and Finn Balor just planches over the rope. And just why? welcome to the new era, Mike. Man, this is how we do it. Yeah. So yeah, these the, the high risk maneuvers is. I mean, it's obvious that they're kind of incorporating that more and more. And uh, we'll talk about someone who maybe has some issues with that a little later. But, um, but Finn Balor ends up getting injured. Yeah, after all that, he gets injured from the buckle bomb. Yeah, which is like yeah. what within five minutes of the match. So. Yeah, and that's that that moves that. Seth Rollins' moveset. Do you think he's being a little... Um, do you think he's uh, unsafe, I guess, in the ring with his opponents? Any of these spots are unsafe um, because they're not... <sighs> I mean, think about it. Like, he, he put uh, Sting... He retired Sting. Yeah. Um, he, like, broke The Undertaker, right? And then now this with... Uh, oh, I mean, um, and then he hurt himself when he was trying to do the buckle bomb with uh, Kane. No, that was a sunset flip power bomb. Oh, okay. Well, in, either way... Then there was then this situation with Finn Balor. So do you think there's kind of a like a little hex on him a little bit, or string of bad luck? It's just a spot heavy style with the mixture of WWE scheduling. It doesn't mix. Right. I would say save that style for uh, pay per view matches, and even then use it sparingly. Like set pick up one. a spot like it used to be. Yeah. With story and match work, not just. Bell rings to go outside, plancha. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's usually reserved for like 20 minutes into the match. Well, I think that you were trying to go for, um, you know, when they had that fatal four-way. I forgot, was it um, 
Money in the Bank, I think. And then right out the gate, you see Sami Zayn go for the haluva kick right to Kevin Owens in the corner. So, but that's the haluva kick. That's true. Yeah. That's different from a plancha. I think they're they're trying to go for that like big move right out the gate to get the crowd like popped and ready. And if they wanted to do that, they would have just pedigree them. Yeah, I guess so. Which would have been safer, and, <laughs> and would have, yeah, maybe it wouldn't have been injured from the buckle bomb. But in the end, uh, Finn Balor goes over Seth Rollins. Um, did you like that result? Yeah, they had to do that because uh, with all their uh, touting of the new era, what kind of a new era would it be if Seth Rollins would have won that new title when they have someone like Finn Balor debuting and stuff? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. had to give it to Finn Balor. It also sets up a good feud for Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, which should have happened. will not happen until next year now, probably. Yeah, six months is a long time to recover, mm-hmm. and that's a long time in... in um, in a show that never stops, there's no yeah. like mm-hmm. once a week kind of thing. They do mm-hmm. house shows in between, so they still keep kayfabe then. So, I mean, number one, get better, Finn Finn Balor for reals. Like it's it's you know Prince in, Devitt, Prince Devitt, you know, uh, man, I just feel so bad for him because he finally you know feel like he climbed the hill and he was ready to carry the company <laughs> to the stratosphere, and and then it just kind of all fell from underneath him. So. Maybe it'll encourage, you know, more of the newer indie kind of developed talent to kind of cool it down a little bit. Ban the buckle bomb. Ban it. Just call it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's taken so many people already, right? So Yeah. Uh, Wrestling with Regret made a good point saying that, like, you know, taking a blind bump to the turnbuckle, uh, any other variable, like, with so many variables just up in the air, even one wrong turn on the buckle bomb. It's done. Yeah, because you know, so. the way that the person taking it falls is like they drape their arms on the other side of the ropes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's maybe that's what happened with Finn where he just popped right out of his shoulder because he just took it yeah. off. So, yeah. How, how do you guys feel? Do you think there should be more band moves like that? Do you think people should wrestle a little safer? So let us know in the comments or reach out to us on Twitter for that. Uh, moving along, we're going to go to the uh, women's title match, and that's uh, Charlotte going over Sasha Banks. Um, I thought it was a really risky match it was really exciting it was really scary though at the same time especially when um well the big thing was when charlotte just dropped sasha banks in the corner and then she fell on her neck again so um i don't know like is she gonna take some time off is sasha did sasha decide to or did she ask to drop the belt because she wants some time off to heal or or what but um talking about the match like mike do you was there a memorable moment for you besides the finish i guess no, which is weird because uh, I always usually am a huge fan of the four horsewomen's work. Yeah. And uh, this, this... Charlotte match, didn't do her moonsault. Mm-hmm. This match made me mad because it was just embodying the spot-for-spot style that um, particularly Sasha Banks and Charlotte's matches are starting to uh, just revolve around spot-for-spot style. Mm-hmm. And I actually mentioned this on a podcast that didn't get released. <laughs> that, um, that Sasha Banks is super risky. I'll release it. I mean, relax, man. <laughs> She's super. When she wrestles, she just wrestles yeah. with like just disregard for disregard her body. for her body. And I know she's like only a hundred, twelve, fifteen pounds, but still, like you know, you have to wrestle with a sense of oh, I got to do this again tomorrow, mm-hmm. and then again. In a few days, and then again next week. So, this this match was just 
uh, it was full of botches because I know they were tired and it was just uh, spot for spot that's all I could say it was it felt like it started out so quickly and then it just really petered out mm-hmm. after Charlotte dropped Sasha like it's almost like she was being like really nervous to even do anything to her anymore mm-hmm. like she wasn't really like she lost her presence in the ring yeah. Charlotte that is and it kind of just limped towards the finish where she goes over so Sasha Banks went into the match injured already too oh did she yeah so she was gonna drop the belt anyway oh see I don't know that she's already injured so and she's got married so maybe she wants to take Mm -hmm. some time off so maybe that's why um it's nice seeing Charlotte though back on top I like Charlotte as as a heel champion she just doesn't really want to sell very well um which is weird because her dad that's all he did was sell. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're not talking Shawn Michaels v. Hulk Hogan levels of selling, but we're talking about like, like I don't know, like selling, limping out of the ring with the belt instead of like, you know. A method of selling where he was able to wrestle for 30 plus years. Yeah. It's a common theme now that's uh, being brought up. Yeah, talking about like somewhere. safer, yeah. Yeah, no, we're really, really teasing this uh, thing at the very end, aren't we? Um, so yeah, moving along uh, is the uh, tag match. You get uh, New Day versus the Club. Um, New Day retains by DQ because of a run in from Big E, which made no sense. Um, I didn't like it. It was a very cool, like face heroic, like yay, I'm back, y'all. I'm I have both testicles, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know what to make of it. the The match itself was unmemorable. Yeah, but um, John Stewart interfered for what reason? Is that going to be his thing now? Like every SummerSlam, he's gonna come by and just interfere. And, and then Big E just yeah coming in and the disqualification. They should have dropped the belts that night. Because they're they're already the longest reigning tag mm-hmm. champions, right? They should have, yeah. I mean, the club, they, they, they've they earned it, I think. Um, maybe they want just maybe one more month to, like, really push them to the moon or push the club to, like, you know, really be up there against the New Day. So, I don't know. It'd be kind of fun to see a back and forth between them because what other raw tag teams are there? Like, Shining Stars. Who? <laughs> they might as well be Chris Benoit. Who? Yeah. The Dudleys are gone. Yeah, they retired. That's pretty sad. Yeah, um, so I think they should have brought back Stacy Keebler for their last match. That'd be kind of funny. The Duchess of Dudley. Yeah, that would been, or Spike Dudley. <laughs> or Spike so, Dudley. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. The boss. But yeah, who else is there? Um, Vaud villains, right? Oh no, that's SmackDown. I don't know who cares. Nobody, who the cares? point is that the club should have gotten the belts. I agree. I think so. I think the New Day is. They don't need the belts to stay over with the fans. You can put them in a feud with someone else for, without the title in the picture, and it could have been great. Um, or break them up. Or break them up. You know, I thought uh, it would be cool to see like a, I don't know, maybe not a heel turn of Big E joining the club, but you know, something to kind of, you know, test he, the waters. He already wears the trench coats that they. Yeah, he does. So maybe that's yeah. maybe that's the next thing that they're waiting for. Uh, so. Yeah, any other things about the tag match you want to mention? <sighs> Just t- take it off and you did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it. I understand, you know, putting a title on somebody means that they're carrying the division, but it's pretty obvious that WWE's just 
putting it on them because they have no one else to put it on. Put it on, yeah. Well, now you do. You have Machine Gun Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Doc yeah, Gallows. You can't call him that anymore, Mike. That's not what. Yeah, Carl Anderson that. and Luke Gallows. Yeah. Their pedigree as a tag team far supersedes that of the New Days. And they've proven in the past yeah. couple weeks, like leading up to it with the whole uh, ring post-itis thing, like yeah. they can be funny and condescending funny, you know, as a heels, as heels. So, so just take it off because it, take it off the new day because it gets it's really stale now. Maybe they're waiting for like AJ to get a belt, get a championship, and then they give them the belt and then club. Well, we'll see. We've been putting it off. By saying, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because me and Mike don't really want to talk about the last two matches of the night. <laughs> um, at least the last two main events of the night. And that's the U.S. title disqualification finish and the uh, TKO finish of Brock Lesnar elbowing uh, Randy Orton in the face and getting a $500 fine for it for no reason. $500? That's like, he wipes his ass with that. <laughs> So multi-million dollar purse from his fight. He's a prize fighter. I don't understand what five hundred dollars is. Anyway, so let's just go one by one. Um, you got the U.S. title match between uh, the new husband, and he's protecting the honor of his wife Rusev, uh, taking on the challenger of Roman Reigns. Um, do you like Roman Reigns in this feud? Going into it? No, I didn't. I could care less about this match. I was glad it ended the way it did because I didn't want to see it. Uh, I was dreading it. <laughs> dreading it. I think it's a good word. I was dreading it, and then when it ended the way it did, I I just sat back in that chair that sunk us in. A really long <laughs> chair that was a dog bed. We had a, a cup of coffee actually in the middle of yeah, the match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just said, "Thank God," because I didn't really want to see it. I don't. You didn't want to see Roman Reigns holding the U.S. title belt? I'm sorry to warm up to Roman Reigns because uh, he's, as long as they just keep making him like not really care anymore and just don't push him as much and let him yeah. get over on his own on his own instead of feeding it to us, then he's okay. Uh, he puts on good matches. You saw with AJ Styles, mm-hmm. the last man standing match that he had. He puts on good matches, so... Yeah, I was I was actually excited going into this match because um, uh, I really wanted to hope they didn't blow their wad, yeah. <laughs> um, the Raw before uh, SummerSlam because yeah. they had the match yeah. between. Um, Plus, they gave yeah. that away. So yeah, on free TV, so, and like you can you can argue it's like you needed viewership on the Raw before SummerSlam, so they can have even more viewership on SummerSlam, but. Um, I think they should have waited for it. They should have each given each other an opponent, someone to squash maybe or have a, a really quick match with. But uh, I was excited to go into it. I was like, oh, if they gave that good match on Raw, they're going to have an even better one. And maybe that's just me being uh, naive still to this whole thing. But I was excited for it. I hated the way it finished, though. I think you can hear that. Yeah. Uh, rounding out the show, unfortunately, was Brock Lesnar, uh, the mayor of... Almost at Viperville, the mayor of Suplex City taking on the new mayor of Viperville, which is kind of lame. That's lame. Mind. Pretty yeah. lame. Randy Orton. Um, the match was what, like five minutes, ten yeah. minutes tops. I think that was planned. The, the TKO finish was planned. Yeah. Um, I just didn't think it would have gone down the way that it did. Uh, that really speaks to uh, 
Brock Lesnar not really being able to put on a good match. Because yeah. now I kind of look back at all the good matches that he had. One, one match that was outstanding was his WrestleMania main event with Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. where he almost broke his neck. Um, well, he had a concussion, yeah, from that botched shooting star press. But then I remember, wait, Kurt Angle was in the ring with him. He carried him so to the match. He carried him. And then I can't really think of any other matches that he's had. Uh, no way out, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Eddie Guerrero was in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I think about Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, and I'm like, you know, maybe he's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big powerhouse. He has a very aggressive kind of demeanor behind him, and people like him because he's an animal. He's, or sorry, he's the beast incarnate, as Paul Heyman says. Um, yeah, he, he came up at a time where I wasn't really watching too much anymore. And ever since I came back to watching WWE, he had, he's been a part-timer. So I'm like, why do I have to care about him? But he's super over with everyone still. Everyone was really excited about this match. And then one you know, huge elbow to the dome of uh, Randy Orton, and it was pretty much all done. Um, I, thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a blood capsule the first time we watched. I was like, oh, they've been using blood capsules. So he probably ref probably slipped uh, Orton one, slapped it on his head. But it wasn't. It was a legit gash over his elbow. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and I had read that uh, that was the actual plan. Was that Brock was gonna make him bleed? Bust Randy open, Randy Orton open, and he was completely fine with it. Dang! You could tell because he's not making a fuss like the old Randy Orton would have done. Yeah, where he's hearing voices in his head. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I just thought that was such a lazy way to finish SummerSlam because then. Where do you go after that? Program with Bray Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere. And What's next for Brock? Yeah. He's not even here, so... I understand Brock's on Raw, but... Is he really on Raw? That's what it is. Is he really on Raw? <laughs> He's going to be on Raw pay-per-views, then. Maybe. And I don't know. I was just so... Well, number one, I was concerned for Randy Orton. I mean... Um, yeah, he was bleeding hella much. It was it was scary. I thought it was like I was ready for the refs to throw up the X's and everything. And but they got trainers in there with towels and everything, and they just called TKO. I just thought it was interesting because he's been getting a lot of press lately about you know his whole stint in MMA and he's been juicing and stuff. But the word MMA is floating around. Do you think that they wanted that finish to kind of mimic that sport combat sports kind of style where it ends in a TKO and then the ref stoppage, or do you think it's all for a story for Randy Orton to kind of come out for him. What would he come? What would the story go if it was for exactly. story? It's know. a dead end, and I think it's what you said in the beginning. But the thing is, this is a big four pay per view, right? And to look at the numbers to see that more people watched Takeover Brooklyn two than SummerSlam. Yeah. Look at the finishes between those two pay per views. They're all clear finishes. They're all clear finishes in Brooklyn two. And you had Nakamura and Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. And that ended with Samoa Joe being injured. I'm throwing up my quote, my quote fingers. Then you look at the TKO finish. And what purpose did that serve other than just to make Randy Orton look like he was nothing? Or to, to elevate Brock Lesnar to, to a degree yeah. that he's already at. Yeah. So, you know, he's over because people want to see, like, the dude that just wrecks people. That's why... Roman Reigns isn't getting booed as much anymore because mm-hmm. he's turning into that. But 
the same time, dude, it's a big four pay-per-view. This is the time that we celebrate pro wrestling. Yeah. We celebrate WWE. I wanted to see more so 20 suplexes instead of two elbows. And Randy Orton, I think he got like what one or two RKOs, that's about it. Yeah, I wanted to see suplexes be turned into RKOs. Yeah. F5s being turned into RKOs. And they build it as a huge match. It's going to be, I thought it was going to be like 20 minutes, and I was dumb. I wasn't looking at my watch that it was going to be a short match, so I don't know. That was totally weird. Just lazy booking by the creative team. So, Adam from what culture? <laughs> Yeah, if you guys listen to World Culture also, shout-outs to them. Uh, if you guys are listening, I don't know why you're listening to us, but that'd be great. Thanks. Uh, real quick, Raw and SmackDown, their aftermaths. Um, Finn was stripped of the title. Um, now they're doing a tournament for it, I believe, right? And then... Um, no, it's a Fatal 4-Way. Oh, Fatal 4-Way? Yeah. Oh, who's going to be in it? Big, I didn't watch Raw this week. Big Cass. Um... Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Why? Seth Rollins and uh, someone else. Yeah, he didn't win his U.S. title match. What's Roman Reigns doing in there? Yeah, he's in there. And someone else, I forget. Uh, I'm surprised Chris, Big Cass is Jericho, there. I think. Maybe. Yeah. I'm surprised Biz Ca- Big Cass is in there, though. Do you think they're going to split up Enzo Amore and Big Cass? Of course. I knew that when I heard JBL say he's got a great singles career ahead of him. Oh, there it is. Okay, well, then you're just going to bury the actual talent of that two of that duo, Enzo Amore, turn him into Santino Morella. Yeah, so. but can he power walk like Santino Morella? That's <laughs> uh, uh, always funny. And on SmackDown side... Um, they, they unveiled two new belts. They had the uh, the new SmackDown tag belts and the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, the women are having a tournament for it. Um, and so are the tag teams, I guess, for it. Yeah, those are the two teams. So, I like the design of their belts. Yeah, it looks good. The blue and silver looks good yeah. for the tag belts. And the women's white and blue background looks a little cleaner. They should have kept the Universal Championship. They're going to keep the same design, which they shouldn't have. Um, they should have relegated the red to the inside of it, the centerpiece, Not instead the strap. of the entire leather strap. Yeah. That looks so stupid. But then it would look like the women's title, with, but it's, you know. But it has the black strap. The women's title has the white strap. That's true. But then the WWE Championship, though, that is the black strap with the red in the background of the W. So it'll look the same, wouldn't it? Yeah, just keep it. I mean, if you're gonna, I mean or you could have just, you know... <laughs> You could have just not made it look exactly the same way, so you can yeah. print out more toys easily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I see what you want about the belt. Whatever, it's it's there. They're not going to change it now. So yeah, if you guys like the belt, good for you. If not, let us know too. Um, and some final things. There's a reason why we didn't really mention the IC title match was because I think the more exciting thing about that was the fallout from uh, SmackDown Live. Yes. Um, Talking Smack had uh, Miz, Maurice, Daniel Bryan, and of course the host, uh, Renee Young. And if you didn't hear about it, uh, Miz was popping off pretty hard. So um, we'll play some clips from that right now. I promise you, it will be the most relevant title on SmackDown Live. I can care less about those little kids on, out for the tag team titles and the women's championship and the WWE championship. This is my show. My show. And I'm sick of all of you, my GM, 
sitting there criticizing me, calling me the coward. You're the cowards. I'm the one here, day in and day out, in that wrestling ring, beating people up. Thank you very much. Did they say anything about that on SmackDown? No, because it was after it. Oh, after this week? Oh, yeah. yeah that's right. That was the Miz. Popping off. It's on talking smack. You can call it an elaborate work shoot kind of thing. But uh, Mike, do you think that like WWE planned this? Do you think that it was in response to Finn Balor getting hurt? Do you, or do you think, you know, Renee and Daniel Bryan and everyone in there was just kind of just like, whoa, let's just let him have his thing? I think it's a mixture of the, the latter, the last two that you just mentioned. Um, because, you know, you brought up a good point that there is a safer style to wrestle with. Right. And he's bringing that point up because a lot of the indie guys that are coming up that are really gaining traction with the fans are all getting hurt because they're so used to having a spot-heavy style and they just completely forget about there's a way to tell a story in the ring without having to jump over the top rope on top. Right. Like Sasha <laughs> Bailey, when she, in her tenure for NXT, she was gone for a while. Finn Balor was gone for a while, and is during his own tenure in, mm-hmm. in NXT. Yeah. So and it's a uh, it's basically just a response to the litany of injuries that's been going on. Like one of them, I can uh, that comes to my head all the time is uh, Cesaro's time off. Oh, uh, right. That could have been. A, big push if he had not been injured but now he's just having you know pretty good matches with Sheamus but still it's just going into spots so early and so often having to deal with the WWE travel schedule not allowing your body to heal not being an independent schedule just sometimes you have to compromise yeah and um I remember I was listening to Finn Balor he was being interviewed by uh, Chris Jericho on his podcast and uh, Finn Balor for the second time he came on the show he said man last year I was part of NXT this year the road schedule just completely like tires me out like he said I've never been more exhausted or something like that or it's been so hard this set of traveling and I think you're right in that it like Miz makes a very good point in pointing out that he really hasn't you know been injured that he does a safer style not as flashy it's not what a lot of indie people are looking for for, but you know he's number one you know part of the company and he wants to be a talent that's going to be relied on and you know that's why they put the belt on him so because the first time I listened to this I was so like like look at him like he's so much passion in his eyes he's almost into tears and I totally respect that and then when he started you know saying that this is why I'm the IC champion that's when I saw his wheels turning in his head saying oh I gotta turn this into a promo about me being champion Personally, I don't think he should have the belt, but you know it's kind of a polarizing kind of situation right now because a lot of people want that in a champion that he's passionate about his art, and while it kind of pulls back the curtains, at least we can cheer for somebody who's takes his job and seriously like that. So, do you think like that was a way to legitimize him as champion, or do you think like maybe he sh- they should really take the belt off of him? No, I mean, if they take the belt off of him, who would they give it to? Yeah, it's you true. Know, who on the SmackDown roster yeah. would they go to? The Intercontinental title, you know, has a storied history as being the number two belt, the Workers' Championship, the Wrestlers' Championship. Right now, 
who really embodies the wrestling style is The Miz, which <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but like, it's true. Like, he's always there, he's always working, and he's there day in, day out. Like you um, said, man, yeah. yeah. I mean, personally, I would rather him been more of like a technical wrestler, so he's a lot more entertaining to watch. Because, um, you know, he is kind of dull in the ring. <laughs> but. Yeah. It's kind of a club, I don't know, like a, what would you call his style of wrestling? Like, he doesn't really, he's not a striker, really. He's not a power wrestler either. He's just. The OVW working style. Yeah. Where a bunch of holds to safe moves and selling a lot. The Ric Flair style. I mean, it's a classic style fitting a classic belt with a storied past. So, you know. Like, uh, put me on blast. I just started watching the product really closely within the past year. So I'm looking pretty short-sighted. I know um, Juan, who wanted to join us, unfortunately, he couldn't. He mentioned, um, you know, this is what people were talking about uh, with the Honky Tonk Man. And now his name is synonymous with the IC title, Intercontinental um, Championship. So um, I guess time will tell if you look at, if you look back with the same, you know, nostalgia and and just, you know, on the Miz's tenure as somebody who's um, just we love to hate, I guess. But I think it's really important that, especially now with this brand split and the very underwhelming SummerSlam, especially after his match with Apollo Crews was very bland to look at. But I don't know, maybe he makes a good point that, you know, there's a good time for him to say all that. What, what I mean to say is because he's here to legitimize what he like his he's been with a company for like 10 years or whatever it seems like yeah it was crazy to to think that and but um you know he's there to say that wwe isn't going towards or they don't have to go towards this uh spot high you know high risk high reward you know kind of uh style of wrestling so yeah that's our thoughts on the miz on his thing do you think that um uh What's his wife's name again? Maurice. Do you think that Maurice and um, Renee Young were informed of that? And maybe it was just between Daniel Bryan and The Miz? Because they seemed really shocked. Like, they they almost kind of hightailed it after. But Well, usually in those kind of shoots, uh, work shoots, which I'm pretty sure it was, it's really just between the two uh, people involved. So, um, because, you know, they were aware that that was going to be mm-hmm. filmed. It was gonna go out and it was on the network. Network, so you don't necessarily want to spoil the surprise if it's if it only involves two people. Yeah, because so, Renee Young kind of looked like she was trying to take back the show, and mm-hmm. yeah, so you don't really want to spoil the surprise. So I'm pretty sure it was just between himself and Daniel Bryan. If that was something planned between Daniel Bryan and The Miz, man, that is really really cool because you know it put gave. The Miz a platform, and Dan Bryan was just there to represent the masses that talk about him, and I thought it was really, really neat. But I mean, if it was completely out of nowhere, do you think there's any kind of punishment or something? Or uh, not for the Miz. He's a company guy, so he's gonna be pretty safe. Any of the blame would go on Daniel Bryan because honestly, the company doesn't really like him anyway. Um, so. He's there because the fans like him. Yeah, he's there because we like him. But, man, you know, to be honest, I kind of wasn't ever really a fan of him. (laughs) 
which is weird like That's fair, to yeah. hear somebody say but um yeah even in Ring of Honor I was always more of like a uh, CM Punk guy when they were both in there I never really got into the American Dragon uh, gimmick but I do see like where his influence like really shows in teams like Red Dragon and stuff but and he had that same kind of like uh, like very spot high spot kind of or well, yeah, I don't know how was, would you phrase that like very risky it was a, mi- a mixture but it was mostly uh, strong style okay. stuff and he was not afraid to get hit and it shows like with some of the matches that he'd have with uh, Loki who's mm-hmm. notorious for being super stiff unnecessarily stiff and those guys had a ton of matches together and you know the Miz is right like independent schedule is different you get time to rest the WWE schedule no time you don't get any time so you really need to preserve yourself that's yeah. why I think that technical wrestlers are really great in the WWE but the thing is, is that style is so unfan friendly to watch because you really have to pay attention mm-hmm. and you'll have to kind of know like like uh, kind of like watching like MMA where it's that you have to know what what a, what a hold looks like and how to and you really have to know as a fan mm-hmm. what's a counter for that and if he can yep. succeed in doing that and yeah. that's not really the entertainment side of it that's more mm-hmm. of the sports side so so that's our thoughts on um, the uh, Miz event on Talking Smack no no doubt that a lot of people are gonna listen and show up on the network next week so to see what kind of the fallout is or. So, what do you guys think? Do you agree with the Miz had to say? Do you think that he should have kept his mouth shut? Do you think they should take the belt off of him? Or, you know, do you think he makes a lot of valid points? So, um, if you have a chance, just let us know on Twitter and leave a comment, things like that. So, we'd love to hear it. All right, so that's going to do it for us this week. I think we're going to uh, wrap up the show there. Um, Mike, you want to let the audience know where they can find you online? Yeah, um, twitter.com. Mike underscore Alberto two, like the number two, yeah. And uh, you can find me at I'm Salzy. I am S A L Z Y. You can follow the show at Cena Nerd, S C E N E letter N N E R D. Um, maybe we should start our own Twitter thing. That'd be kind of smart. This <laughs> is for kind of a separate show, but yeah, let us know. Um, follow us if you like. If you like what you're hearing, if you're not a fan of wrestling, we'd love to know what you think because. You know, I just started really following this closely within the year or about a year. So, um, for getting back into it, let me know if you're a longtime fan of WWE and beyond um, the company. Uh, let us know as well. So, with that, we're going to say uh, good night and thanks for listening.